This is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. Just when you thought Pompey were finally on course for a league win. Pack to hit it, right footed over the wall, and it's for the net! Magnificent! Marlon Pack, his first Portsmouth goal! What a start from Portsmouth! A late sucker punch delivered by former Blue Connor Chaplin snatches victory away. Portsmouth might hit one from distance, does, Groffy saves, tap it for Chaplin, and he stayed onside. And Ipswich have got themselves a leveller, three and a half minutes from time. Last night's game ended two apiece between Pompey and Ipswich as the curtain was drawn on 2022. Between now and seven, we'll hear the reaction of Marlon Pack after he finally bagged his maiden goal for the club he supported as a boy. Been quite disappointed not to score yet this season, so yeah, they're always great when they go in first Fratton Park goal. First goal for Pompey, family year, yeah, really nice feeling. As well as the post-match thoughts of Danny Cowley, who is focusing on the positives. You're always disappointed when you concede as late as we did. I thought it was a really committed performance from the group. I thought the attitude and work ethic was excellent. 81400 is our text number. If you'd like to get in touch tonight, be sure to start those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Me and my two studio guests are on hand this evening to talk all things Pompey, including a review of last night's stalemate and to look ahead to the New Year fixture at PO4. That's all to come here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening and welcome once again to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, delivered to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit their website now, stagecoachbus.com, for more information on the services they can provide in your area. On the way tonight, as I've just mentioned, myself, my two studio guests on hand to review all of the action from Pompey's two-wheel draw with Ipswich Town at Fratton Park in the final game of 2022. That took place at PO4 yesterday evening. We'll also talk about the unfortunate passing of football legend Pele, which broke just yesterday afternoon, right before kickoff at Fratton Park. We'll talk about the legacy that he's left on the beautiful game. We'll also preview the Blues' next League One fixture against Charlton Athletic on New Year's Day. But before we go through any of that, a reminder of how Pompey and Danny Carley ended 2022. Passionately pumping. A wonderful goal. Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores. 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored. This is. You want to believe it? Pompey Live. Ending a year where defeats for Portsmouth at Fratton Park have been few and far between on a note where many Portsmouth fans are turning up tonight, probably more in hope than expectation. Such is the contrasting form of the two sides on show here tonight. Ipswich are going to get us underway, flying near the top of the table. Pack to hit it, right-footed over the wall, and it's for the net! Magnificent! Marlon Pack! His first Portsmouth goal! What a start from Portsmouth! Three minutes on the clock! Portsmouth one, Ipswich town nil! Sam Allison, the referee, blows his whistle. Delivery from Evans. It's a lovely delivery, and the ball's into the back of the net. And Ipswich have levelled, even though Portsmouth are adamant the flag should have got up. Morsi looks like he's claiming it. I'm not sure who it's got off, but the lead for Portsmouth has only lasted six minutes. It's Portsmouth 1, Ipswich 1. His pack delivered towards the near post. Bishop trying to attack it, loose in the area, struck goalwards, and it's cleared off the line, is it? It'll come back to pack, and he will let that go out for another pumpy corner kick. That was a threat. Half-time here at Fratton Park, Portsmouth 1, Ipswich Town 1. 
June. High hanging ball to the far post. Ragged under it. Header on goal. Loose. It's to the net. Colby Bishop. It was Ragged's header back. And Bishop turns it home. His third goal against Ipswich this season. An hour gone. Quarter two. Ipswich one. Morsi might hit one from distance. Does. Groffy saves. Happy for Chaplin. And he stayed onside. And Ipswich have got themselves a leveller. Three and a half minutes from time. Griffiths couldn't hold a moving ball. Connor Chaplin has tapped home into the empty net. It's quarters two, Ipswich two. The whistle goes and there's a few boos at the full-time whistle. I'm not really sure why based on that performance. Maybe frustration that it's not a victory. But Pompey have been much improved today. They've gone toe-to-toe with probably the best side in the league and they're going to come away with a point. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there of yesterday's two-all draw between Pompey and Ipswich Town at Fratton Park as the Blues ended 2022 with a stalemate with the Tractor Boys. OK, results elsewhere in League One. Barnsley 2, Fleetwood Town 1. Exeter City, they were 2-0 up on Bristol Rovers at half-time. Uh, they it came out in the second half. They found themselves 3-2 behind. And then in the 85th minute, they equalised at the Memorial Stadium to make it three apiece. However, the 92nd minute struck and they scored a win. An absolute carnage at Bristol Rovers, who were defeated by four goals to three by Exeter City. Forest Green Rovers were uh, dealt a blow. They lost 2-1 at home to Burton Albion. Morecambe were 2-0 victors over Accrington State. Stanley, Oxford United 3, New Year's Day opponents for Pompey Charlton Athletic 1. Peterborough 2, MK Dons 0, Plymouth Argyle tabletop as they remained top of the tree with a victory 1-0 over Wickham Wanderers. Sheffield Wednesday 2, Port Vale 0 and Shrewsbury Town 0, Cheltenham Town 1. Let's look at what that does to the League 1 table then as we head into the New Year period. Plymouth Argyle, as I mentioned, top of the table unbeaten in four games on 53 points. Ipswich Town on 49 points, level on points and goal difference with Sheffield Wednesday in third. Then Barnsley, Bolton and Peterborough make up the remaining playoff positions. Derby County sniffing around one position and level on points and goal difference with Peterborough in seventh position. Pompey remain tenth from the table, whilst Exeter and Bristol Rovers make up the top half of the League One standings at the moment. Bottom of the table in the relegation zone, Morecambe rock bottom on 18 points, followed by Forest Green Rovers, Milton Keynes Dons and Accrington Stanley. Uh, Pompey's opponents on New Year's Day, Charlton Athletic, they are 18th and that's something we're going to be highlighting and talking about a little later in this evening's show. And to do that with me, as well as to discuss all of the events of last night and preview that game, uh, first and foremost, commentator from the Pompey Audio Description Service, Mark Coates, joins us over the phone lines this evening. Mark, a pleasure as always to have you on the show, my friend. And much more of a pleasure after that performance, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad, was it, Mark? Um, let, let, let's go through it. As a whole, then, um, a, a two-wheel draw with second place Ipswich Town, one of the teams to beat in this division this season. You probably look at them, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday, in the same bracket as, as contenders for automatic promotion and real tough sides to, to get anything from. Is that, in your opinion, a, a point gained and something you would have taken before kickoff? Um, I don't think it is, given the, the context. We've had that's 13 games now with just one win, and that's against Forest Green. Um, and I, I don't condone for a second the Boo Boys, I have to say. I think they need to give their head a wobble if they're booing at the end of that game, because they did give everything. Uh, but but if you're there and you watched it, I know that it was 70% possession for, uh, for, for Ipswich. And yeah, we did sit back a little bit. I think that was strategic. I think it, it was working for us. We were breaking. We were creating uh, opportunities that were better than theirs. And we do compact the play and defend well in that final, in our own third. Um, but we also had Marlon Pack pulled down in that in that first half. I don't know if it's too early to mention that. For me, that's a stonewaller. We uh, like you. We're sort of watching the replays, and I follow. Um, and and even though we only had a couple of shots on target, I still think we were dangerous. And I think that in in a lot of senses we were better. And once again, it's our defending in our own six-yard box and being on another planet timing-wise when and not reacting to to second balls that that's done us. But um, I I think we're right to be disappointed. We, we, and we talked about this a little bit 
bit last time uh, after the MK Dons match. We're a great, we've got great players. Mm. And, and I'm going to absolutely stand by uh, Cowley today. I think we've got a great manager, him and his brother, um, and, and the team we've got are good enough to easily get into these playoffs. And if we hadn't had a, a lot of bad luck, then, um, uh, then I think we'd been, we'd been higher up the table now. Sorry, it's a lot to, to give you all in one, <laughs> one sway there. No, absolutely, and it's something we're going to be sort of picking apart and going through um, throughout the course of this evening's show. Uh, Pompey season ticket holder, University of Portsmouth graduate, Reese Harding is alongside yourself tonight. Mark, Reese, uh, first of all, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Hope you had a good Christmas. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, thank you. It would have been uh, lovely to, to get some free points over the festive yeah. period, but we'll, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll save that for next year. Um, but <laughs> no, go, going back to last night, Reese, uh, a two-all draw with, with Ipswich Town. We'll start off, really, chronologically, Marlon Pack, uh, the third minute of the game, three kick, central to the goal towards the Milton end, uh, 25 yards out. A fantastic strike, kissed off the post, and uh, wow, what a way to score your first ever Pompey goal. I mean, it was absolutely sensational. Um, it's one of those games as well where you think Ipswich are a decent side, and if we're going to, we needed to assert ourselves early in the game um, because I thought if they get the first goal, there is a potential that they could have maybe run away with it. You know, the game could have gone so much differently but the fact that Marlon Pack not only obviously we got the early goal but in that manner the, the, the it just perfection um, and oftentimes um, I'll see a Pompey player stand over a uh, free kick and I'll think oh this is going to go over the bar or this is this is it in the wall or whatever and I have no confidence but that was absolutely sublime and I mean he's come close to uh, scoring I think there was a uh, I don't know what game it was, but there was he scored an absolute, you know, he scored an absolute weldy. Um, I think it ricocheted off the crossbar at the same end um, before, and so like his, like I feel like his Pompey goals almost been coming, um, like like that sort of that level uh, of quality of goal. Mm. Um, I'm just so glad he got it because actually that, although yes, we did then concede, it sort of got us into the game. Um, which I thought was really important. Um, and it's just so nice that we could capitalise on a uh, um, on a set piece like that. So, yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it, it was capitalising on a set piece, uh, Mark, that, that gave Pompey the opener. Let's, let's go through that. Marlon Pack, we just mentioned with Reese Fair, fantastic finish. But as, as a Pompey boy, of course, playing for uh, Portsmouth before he then moved on um, for, for other things during a, a really difficult time for the football club just over a decade ago, between 2009-2011, Marlon Pack was part of a senior team. Only one appearance. Uh, that was after being promoted from the Youth Academy. Went on loan to Wickham, Dagenham and Redbridge and Cheltenham before moving permanently to Cheltenham. He's played. He's plied his trade for Bristol City and Cardiff in the Champions ever since returned to Pompey in the summer 15 league appearances prior to last night's game and he's finally got his first Pompey goal we've spoken about the goal itself and what an absolute beauty it was I don't really need your opinion on that we know it was a fantastic strike but what that means to to him as it would for any sort of lad growing up in their city scoring the first ever goal for their football club after what has been a topsy-turvy um, sort of way back into the team yeah, and I think he was um, he was unlucky to have that injury and and to be out and and he um, for for him having made the standards that he did at the start of the season and to be that midfield general and uh, and and the figure behind which we all got. Let's be honest, he was he was uh, uh, the, the pin up poster boy, wasn't he for for us at the start of the season? We had those six wins on the trot and we were flying high in the league. Um, for him to sort of come out with injury and and not quite have that authority. I think it was hugely important. And the rest of the game, he was superb again, wasn't he? I mean, he was, his passing range is excellent. Um, he's, he's a great, great player for us. Uh, and and I think that uh, Reese is right. Scoring it when he did in that game as well uh, set the tone. And we hadn't scored in, since uh, since the uh, 12th of November against mm. Morecambe, remember? So we were, we were desperate for a goal. Uh, not in the league anyway. So, so hugely important time to score it as well. Absolutely. And let's hear from the man himself now, shall we? Marlon Pack spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle at Fratton Park last night, who's first asked how it felt to score his first Pompey goal. Oh yeah, it was a fantastic feeling. Felt like it's been a long time coming. Um, obviously with two spells at the club and a few efforts this season that have gone uh, quite close for me. So uh, no, there was a bit of an awe in the air where I felt like today might have been the day. So uh, 
yeah, it's always nice to see him to see him go in. And just talk us through the free kick. Were you always confident when you picked the ball up that you're going to score? Yeah, well, my oldest, um, they come to the Exeter, Exeter game and he gave me some stick for not taking the one at the end. So, yeah, as soon as I grabbed the ball and I just felt like there was a, a nice gap in the right-hand side. So, yeah, obviously there's a lot of practice that goes into it and been quite close on a few occasions. But, yeah, been quite disappointed not to, to score yet this season. So, yeah, they're always great when they go and first Fratton Park goal. First goal for Pompey, family year. Yeah, really nice feeling. And let's just talk about that celebration. I'm guessing you were ran the length of the pitch to celebrate with your family. Yeah, normally I don't really know how to celebrate, but um, yeah, like I said, my, my son's a, a big influence now on on what kind of celebrations I need to do. So he wanted a little love heart. They, they obviously they sit in the corner over there in the south stand. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was one to to get over to them. And the game overall, do you feel it's two points dropped or a point point gained? Um, listen, when you go one 0 up, then two one up in a game, obviously it's very disappointing. But there's under no illusions, they're a really good side. They're they're up there for a reason. Um, play some fantastic football, have some really good individuals. But you know, I think we've put in a really good performance. Uh, a one with loads of energy. Obviously, we had to bide our time. At, bide our time um, in a defensive structure. But I felt we got it right most of the time, and in the end, we've been probably undone by a little bit of fortune on, on their behalf and I think when you look at probably chances we conceded against the top side um, yeah it, it, it's quite devastating to, to concede a goal like that and such so late and your partner Joe Moran in the middle do you feel you complement each other well how do you find playing with him yeah I thought I thought we'd done really well together against them um, like I said a, a side that are very fluid in possession have um, various rotations where you're not just marking your midfielders they, they pull out wide and, and you've got to be um, um You've got to be really comfortable at times, um, being uncomfortable, and um, you have to be really solid. So, you know, I thought we put in a good battling performance, and like I said, against a, a tough midfield and arguably the, probably the best team in the division. And just finally, it's a quick turnaround now, back on Sunday. What can you take from today into that game? Listen, I think obviously at the minute things are not going um, the right side for us, and it's hard obviously you've gone into the dressing room everyone's a little bit dejected so I think but that's another solid foundation we've put in now to hopefully on New Year's Day you know get a much needed three points um, I think you can see the endeavour um, the work efforts there and obviously at times I thought our, our quality was there and, um, tonight so listen obviously we're going to have to have a look at it look at the stuff that I feel like we need to improve on the stuff that we've done well and hopefully that all comes together on, on New Year's Day and you know we get back to winning ways because um, yeah it's been a tough period for us and you know, it, it, obviously, I know it's been tough for the fans, but you know, as players, you know, it, it's tough for us as well. And obviously, we want to be going out there winning every game. It's a tough division, and, and that's not always possible. But um, I think tonight can, can give us a platform to, to use this performance to to go on New Year's Day and get three points. Blues midfielder Marlon Pack speaking there after scoring his first goal for the club last night, helping Pompey to a two-all draw with Ipswich Town. After the break, we'll have more reaction from Mark and Reese, and hear from the gaffer, Danny Cowley, who not only talks us through the game, but also his reaction to that opening goal. An unbelievable moment for him and for his family. We've spoken many times before what this club means to him, and uh, yeah, I think that goal's been a long time coming for Marlon. So be sure to join us again where the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome along to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as ever by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download your app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your tickets as well. So you join us here on the Football Hour where we'll be reviewing uh, Pompey's tour draw with second place Ipswich Town. That took place at Fratton Park yesterday uh, evening. We'll also later on come on to talk about and preview the Blues' next fixture in League One. They take on Charlton Athletic on New Year's Day. That is uh, Sunday afternoon at P1 
PO4. Uh, but back to the review of yesterday's game. Some uh, text tweets and emails coming in on my social media platforms. Mark on the text. Good, solid performance yesterday. Love the effort. And with the um, players coming back, uh, we're going to go on a good run. I still think we're going to make the playoffs. Mark on the text. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, mockers on Twitter. Um, Connor Chaplin is really missed at Pompey. Not just a terrific finisher, but such a bubbly character in the dressing room who loves the club as well. Connor Chaplin. Uh, before it's from Mockers there on Twitter. Uh, James says, we'll all complain about this, but it definitely feels like we should have got more, but any of us would have taken a point before kickoff. Uh, Sam also says, I don't know how to feel about that. Got to think, but based on recent form, that is a fantastic result, but leading twice. Uh, bottlers, says Sam on Twitter. And that is really the, the conflicting feeling at the moment, isn't it, Reese? Uh, a two-wheel draw on paper with Ipswich, regardless, you know, irrespective of Pompey's form of late, is you know, probably not a bad result. However, to have taken the lead twice, once through Marlon Pack, through Colby Bishop in the second half, to have surrendered that league, uh, that lead on two occasions, that feels like a massive sucker punch and really representative of, of, of how Pompey's form has been in the last 13 matches. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, it, 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 do you know what? Going into that game last night, um, I, I, I almost had no confidence or like no... I sort of went in with no expectation. I thought if we if we do if we do something, then we do something. But if we don't, then it's just you know the pattern that's been going on these last weeks with not only lack of wins but lack of goals. Um, but obviously the the goals setting the the game early for us. It you know you you've got to think that Ipswich. It, it's not like Ipswich aren't going to score. They're a, they're a good team. Um, Obviously, the, there was uh, the goals are plenty in the in the game earlier in the season. Mm. Um, obviously, they came to Frat Park last year, and you know we all know what happened then as well. Um, they can, you know, it, they're going to they're going to score because they, they they just were. And what you've got to do is you've got to have a response. And obviously, we did that. Um, the goal from open play against them, um, obviously. It's great, but at the same time, um, it's just that it's just that solidness at the back for us that we just had to be resilient and hold on, which is hard to do against a side that is obviously um, up there in the table. Um, and it was frustrating how we conceded that goal at the end, um, but. At the same time, I share the, the same feeling as, you know, a lot of fans out there that actually going into the game, I didn't even really think we'd score. No. Um, I didn't know where our goal was going to come from. Um, so to score too, good. But just the fact that we couldn't hang on at the end there um, is frustrating. But it's a positive going into Jolton because I feel like now that we've got these goals under our belt, um, we can push on and hopefully get a, get a, get a win uh, after after a long time at Fratton. Yeah, and I think really um, sort of off the back of that, Mark, uh, a, a decent result on paper, yes, and you can't help but feel that if, if the game had panned out a little bit differently, Pompey found themselves clawing back from, from going behind on two occasions and securing the draw right at the end. It, it's a point that, uh, and a good point that you know, we'll be talking about now in, in a much more positive light and, and it is a good result and it is technically still too unbeaten for Pompey now after what has been a very, very difficult period over the past 12, 13 matches in League One. But it is the method of which how yesterday's draw unfolded. You, you think after you know, one win in the last 12 league match, matches prior to kickoff, so close to victory, you know, regardless of who you're playing against. And for two goals to be let in, quite frankly, as sloppily as, late, as they did, the first goal in the first half, um, it was tapped in from close range. Cameron Burgess, a defender, four yards from goal, not marked, not picked up, just allowed the freeze into poke home. And then in the second half, five minutes from Time. Connor Chaplin, the former Pompey striker, on the rebound from Sam Morsey's strike from outside the box. Keeper spills it, Josh Griffiths, and there's three Ipswich players running into the box to, to follow it up, and no Pompey defenders. And I think that real showed the urgency uh, of both teams and perhaps the, the difference between Pompey's defence and attack. Is, is, do you think it's the defensive part of Pompey's game in recent weeks, Mark, that's let the club down or let the side down at the minute? 
Uh, yeah, well, I alluded to it briefly at the start, but you absolutely nailed it there for me. It was extraordinary seeing Chaplin was obviously the fastest finger on the button, wasn't he? He always is, um, and pop that away. But there were there was a queue of Ipswich players, and it was it must have been two or three clear yards between them and the and the Pompey defence. Sometimes I wonder if they know they're allowed inside the six yard box. And then we had the same thing for that first goal against MK Dons, if you remember as well. Uh, and they just aren't fast enough to react with it in those last couple of yards. And I don't know what it is because I do think that we can press play very well in our in our final third, in our own third. Uh, and I think that Ipswich are having to play that ball around us and be very very patient. We allowed them possession, but they couldn't penetrate. But when those crosses go in, we just seem to lose a yard. I don't know. We talked about it before. wonder if it was the age of the defence. I don't know if that's fair. Um, I thought Zach Swanson was one of the, the players to react quickest to a lot of those crosses, actually, when they were coming in. Mm. Um, I think his game's just, just gone that just got better and better. I think he's he's doing extremely well. Uh, Ogilvy, I think, did well when he switched to a more central role. Um, but we just we just don't seem to pick players up. Maybe maybe it's an offside trap that we're trying to play, and that's not working um, in those last few yards. But yeah, that's that's been a feature uh, which I know the Cowleys will have picked up on, and they need to put right. But being positive again, I think that. Um, I think I genuinely think we go on and absolutely hammer Charlton because we've got so much motivation for that and so many reasons to do it. And we've scored a couple of times now against the good side. Yeah. Show we're in the same league as them, and we we could be at the top if we hadn't had this terrible run of thirteen games. Uh, and and I think that it's going to move on from here. And and, and fans that, are, that that were burned at the end of that game is uh, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, give your head a wobble. <laughs> and the Charlton game is something we'll be previewing in the next part of the show. But ties us nicely to now hear the post-match thoughts of the Blues gaffer Danny Cowley, who caught up a game with Max Watton. Well, Danny, frustrating to be undone at the end, but your overall thoughts on today's draw with Ipswich? Yeah, I think we're, you're always disappointed when you concede as late as we did. Um, I thought it was a really committed performance from the group. I thought the attitude and work ethic was excellent. We're disappointed with the two goals that we conceded because I think for the majority of the game we've defended well. I thought our distances were good. I thought our, our organisation was good. I thought the players' um, discipline um, against the ball was, was was really good, and as a consequence of that, even though you know we played a very very good team in Ipswich, probably for me the the best League One team that I've seen certainly in my lifetime. I thought yeah we we restricted them to very few chances, and that's why I ultimately we're, we're frustrated to to concede two goals. Speaking of defending well, you opted to bring in Connor and Zach on the on the wing. Do, do you feel that gave you a better balance overall? Yeah, I think for us, really, the, the team was picked on, on on who was fit and healthy. Um, Denver didn't train yesterday, he was ill. Um, Dane hasn't trained at all. That was the first we've seen Dane since since before Christmas. But where we were with the group, we kind of, we, 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 we needed him, um, particularly obviously having no Joe Piggott to call on. Um, so, yeah, in, in terms of team selection, yeah, we went with the, the ones that were fit and healthy and, uh, you know, it meant that we had to adapt a little bit. Owen played inside. It was good to see Zach back. I thought that was Zach's best game for us. I thought he was terrific. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I thought Owen was, was, a, was a threat all night. I thought the, his ability to turn defence into attack for us was, was, was excellent and, uh, yeah, carried, carried a real counter threat. Looking back to the start of the game, a perfect start, a great moment for Marlon as well. How are you feeling for him? Yeah, yeah, great start, brilliant goal, fantastic. He works on them a lot in training. Um, we've seen him, we've we've seen him score that one, and uh, yeah, great celebration. I think he ran the length of the pitch. Thankfully, we uh, Owen was doing his lace up because we were a little bit worried that we'd be they'd they'd kick off while we were still celebrating. But no, an unbelievable moment for him and for his family. You know. We've spoken many times before what this club means to him, and uh, yeah, I think uh, that goal has been a long time coming for Marlon. And Joe Morrell came back in as well. Solid performance from him. How did you think he played? Yeah, Joe was was great. Tired naturally. Um, again, he's another one that's had 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 two bouts of illness um, over the, over this period. So uh, so yeah, naturally he tired a little bit. I thought the whole group did, and yeah, I thought credit to them because I thought they stuck to their task. And we weren't physically a hundred percent, but whatever the boys had in them, they they, they certainly gave to the calls. And it's a point to end the year. What can you take from this one into the new year on Sunday against Charlton? Well, yeah, we're frustrated to, to, to not win. Um, we're working really hard to try to, to, to get on the right side of these results. Um, at the moment, it's not quite going for us, but it's not, not a time to feel sorry for ourselves. We have to keep fighting, we have to keep working, we have to keep doing the right things. And if we do that, we know that, 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 that we've got good players, got 
good character and uh, we'll find our way. The post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley there after Pompey's two-all draw with Ipswich Town at Fratton Park last night. And um, the next part of the show, we'll be previewing the Blues' next game at home to Charlton Athletic on New Year's Day. Now, shortly before kick-off last night, some sad news came to light that footballing legend Pele had lost his battle with cancer and had passed away at the age of 82. The former Santos and New York Cosmos forward had scored over 1,000 goals across a glittering career between 1956 and 1977 as well. 92 appearances for his country, Brazil, 77 goals between 1957 and 1971 winning three World Cups, the only player to still have ever done so, winning three World Cups for his country. But yeah, yesterday evening, uh, unfortunately, Pele uh, sadly lost uh, his battle uh, with colon cancer. Uh, On the 21st of December, so just last week, um, he was at the Albert Einstein Hospital where Pele was being treated. Um, He'd been there since the uh, end of November. Uh, Midway through the World Cup, he was admitted to hospital. And uh, yeah, just last week, it was stated that his tumour had advanced and he required greater care related to renal and cardiac dysfunctions. His funeral will be held at the Santos Stadium uh, between the 2nd and the 3rd of January 2023. After the funeral, uh, Pele, arguably uh, one of the greatest footballers ever to grace the beautiful game, one of the biggest names in not only world football, but the world of sport as well. He'll be buried at the Memorial Necropole Ecumenica uh, near Santos. And uh, before myself, Mark and Reese come on to talk about the fantastic career and the legacy that Pele has had, not only across football, as I mentioned, but across sport as a whole. A tribute to the undisputable GOAT. number 10, always the master and the scorer of goal number 3. No one has won three World Cups apart from Pelé with Brazil, but as he explained, that's not his name. Maybe because I made some mistake, I didn't kick well, they said Pelé. I fight with everybody, no, my name is Edson. <laughs> he never won the sport's highest individual honour, the Ballon d'Or, during his career, but in 2013, FIFA put that right. Thanks God, I complete my trophy home. Some say Maradona was the best of all time, but not this fan. No doubt, Pelé the best player. He scored over 1,000 goals and brought joy to millions. He wasn't just a competitor for people like Moore and Banks. He was a friend because of his smile, because of his personality, but obviously because of his genius as a player. And maybe that's a quality that slightly slipped out of the game, one of the reasons why people are mourning Pelé so deeply. In the middle of the, the stadium, in front of 70,000 people, he just said out to the, uh, the fans in the stands, I want you to say three things after me. And he just held up his fingers and he said, love, love, love. And the whole stadium chanted it. It was just a real, real emotive occasion. Legend is the word that's too often used these days, but in football terms, the legend really. I do understand the claims for all the players who've come on since then, but with the context in which he had to play, the best of all time. Pelé represents charisma, this beautiful story of a guy who came from a very simple background and won the world over. A true legend and a true representation of Brazilian football. I'd never met him before. He just put his arms around me and gave me the biggest hug. And I, I was just in awe, you know, I just, I was a bit surprised. And he, you know, he's, he was always like that when Everybody I spoke to, met him, said he was, he was such a gentleman. Football is football, thanks for the, this type of people, play as human beings. So I think Neymar said a, a great sentence that before number 10, it was just a number. And after him, it was, became something like a, something special. We are talking about one of the, the most important players in the world. And we are talking about the, the story of, of football. I was lucky to to know him. I'm I'm really sad. Because of the three World Cups, because of the 77 goals for for Brazil, because of what he achieved, obviously, with with one club, sadly, he didn't come to Europe. But also, Pelé was so much more than the greatest player and the greatest team. He could do a bit of everything. He was probably the most complete player that the game has ever seen. And uh, yeah, it's a big loss. Six decades ago, Brazil arrived at the tournament in Sweden with an outstanding team featuring the likes of Garincha, Didi, Vava, and a slight 17-year-old forward who was about to take the world by storm. The 
I have good and bad stories from the World Cup, but thank God through all the difficulties we managed to come out winners. Because the 58 World Cup, for example, was a dream. I was a kid, nobody was expecting it, nobody believed in us. I remember some reporters saying, how can they take a 17-year-old kid to the World Cup finals? After his hat-trick in the semi-final against France, Pelé and Brazil then took on Sweden in front of 50,000 fans in Stockholm. The hosts took an early lead before two goals from Vava put Brazil 2-1 up at half-time. Then, in the 55th minute, it was Pelé's turn to take centre stage. Man, that's so sad. Actually, if I say here to all the viewers at home that I thought about it, I'd be lying. It was a spur-of-the-moment reaction, quick thinking. When I controlled it, I was going to hit it first time, but then I managed to think quickly and changed. And thankfully, one of the strengths in my life and in my football was my improvisation to change at the last second. Brazil would go on to win 5-2, with Pelé rounding off the scoring with another goal in the final minute. Having arrived as a relative unknown, he returned to Brazil having scored six times on the way to lifting the trophy, and a FIFA World Cup legend had been born. We feel a void, we feel uh, sad, but actually we never lose him, we never lost him. He's forever with us, he's forever with everyone who loves football. Rest in peace to the legend, the footballing legend, the sporting legend, Pele, who sadly passed away yesterday evening, uh, the 29th of December, aged 82 after a long battle with cancer. Uh, Mark and Reese join us on the show tonight. And before we head into the third and final part of the show, Reese Pele, really the, the undisputable you know, goat of football. When when you think about the sport, one of the biggest names that pops to your mind, you, you think of your Maradonas, your Ronaldinho's, your, of course, your Ronaldo's and your, your Lionel Messi, but Pele is up there with, with just the name, the epitome of the, the perfect footballer. Oh, I mean, he, he was just, he's one of them players that there, there are a few people in different sports that become so big that their, their household names in, in just the world of sport. You can say the name anywhere in the world and people know the player, people know that sports person. Because there are some great footballers, but they don't, they're not known the world over. Pele was just one of those players that everyone knows and, and then made um, his role his own, um, which I think is so um, amazing about a player like him when you associate the way he played and, and the player that he was, you associate that with a certain play style and that's the impact he had and, and the impact he's had on the modern game. Um, you know, I didn't watch him play, um, but he's he's that influential and he's that much of an ambassador for the sport that actually his uh, his abilities sort of will be forever, forever lasting because he because he had that much of an impact and, and yeah he will be a massive loss just like Maradona was yeah and, and really hit the nail on the head hasn't Reese there Mark he was a, a household name uh, across not only Brazil but the entire world whether you're a football fan or even a sport fan or, or not Pele is just the name that everybody uh, just just knows for his contribution to football but also his uh, humanitarian uh, concerns after he retired in 1977 what a legacy he leaves again as I mentioned Mark, not only for Brazil, but the sport in general. The only player to have won three World Cups and over a thousand career goals. It's a fantastic achievement and something which probably won't ever be replicated again. No, and uh, and, and I think that, that he should be looked at as a model professional, not obviously by, the, by all of us football fans, but also by young players uh, coming through because he was gentle and competitive. And that's that's an extraordinary combination. He had charisma, he had sportsmanship, and we'll always remember that picture of him and, 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 uh, and Bobby Moore. Um, but for me, the enduring image is actually, despite his 1,200, 1,300 goals he scored in, in youth and, and as a professional, I think he's in the Guinness Book of Records for the most goals scored. It was actually that... that um, Save from Gordon Banks, and then the two of them getting together all those years later, and uh, and and just the 
uh, the warmth that he had for everyone he met, whether or not they were they were a famous footballer or not, um, and and as you say, the humanitarian work. But just one final thought: we mustn't forget how he grew up as well in Sao Paulo in extreme poverty. Uh, and was working as a tea boy. He couldn't afford a football. He used to stuff socks with newspaper and tie it up with string. And that's how he started to play. He couldn't afford a football. Uh, and then, of course, he was part of the first ever futsal uh, competition, which is maybe why he was able to operate um, so calmly at speed and improvise on the spot as he did. Yeah, you mentioned Gordon Banks as well, uh, Mark. It would have been um, his uh, birthday today. He was born on the 30th of December 1937, unfortunately passed away uh, February 2019. And we'll end on uh, one of the quotes which uh, which Pele had come out to say after the death of Diego Maradona uh, just over 18 months ago or so. And he said that he can't wait to be back kicking the ball with him um, up in heaven one day. And that is something that I'm sure uh, both Pele and Maradona will be doing uh, at this moment in time. So, yeah, uh, once again, and just finally, rest in peace. To the undisputed goat of football and a footballing and sporting legend, Pele, who passed away yesterday evening at the age of 82 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. OK, in the third and final part of the show, myself, Mark and Reese will be back with a preview of Pompey's next game. They take on Charlton Athletic on New Year's Day. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. You can check out all of their services over on their website, stagecoachbus.com, or download the app straight away from the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can prepay for your tickets and locate and track your nearest bus as well. OK, next up for Pompey after yesterday's 2 all draw with second place Ipswich Town at Fratton Park. They take on Charlton Athletic at PO4, also on home turf, uh, Fratton Park double across the uh, New Year period. There are two more games on this evening. Derby County hosts Cambridge United at Pride Park and Lincoln City take on Bolton Wanderers at Sinsel Bank. Mark uh, Coates and Reese Harding join me this evening to preview Pompey's next game and we've already discussed all of the events from yesterday's two-all draw. But now we're going to take a bit of more of an insight into the opposition for the New Year's Day fixture. Here's a closer inspection on the Addicts. 2023 has arrived and the Blues have the luxury of a home fixture to kick off a new year. Charlton Athletic for visitors. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Danny Cowley's side ended 2022 with a two-all draw with Ipswich Town at Fratton Park, but they'll be looking to build on that with what they hope to be a first league victory since October 25th when the Addicts arrive on the south coast. Let's gain a further understanding of the side making the short trip down to PO4 this time around. Manager. Charlton are now led by former Oldham Athletic and Bristol City boss Dean Holden, who took to the helm right before Christmas. The 43-year-old was unveiled as the Addicts' new manager on the 20th of December, following the sacking of his predecessor Ben Garner early in the month. Charlton was 17th in the League One standings when Garner was dismissed, with Anthony Hayes filling in for a few weeks prior to the arrival of Dean Holden. Holden has only taken charge of the South London side on two occasions, Boxing Day's clash with Peterborough United at the Valley and Thursday night's trip to Oxford. One to watch. Right-sided midfielder and makeshift fullback Sean Clare is one to keep an eye on during this match. The 26-year-old always proved himself a nuisance against Pompey and was on the score sheet during last season's two-all draw at the Valley. The Nike Academy graduate will be the Charlton player representing the number 28 shirt at Fratton Park on New Year's Day. Top scorer. 19-year-old striker Miles Learburn has scored more goals than any other player for Charlton at their halfway stage of the season. The youngster has found the back of the net six times in League One so far this term and also has a Papa John's trophy goal to his name too. 
Crystal Palace loanee Jezrin Raksaki is not far behind Viadix number 33, having himself contributed to five league strikes. Current form. If you thought Pompey were having an underwhelming campaign, Charlton have had a much worse first half of the season. The Addicts currently occupy 18th position in League One. They're just three points above the relegation zone, with two sides immediately below them, having the small luxury of the game in hand as well. The form guide over the past five League One games shows Charlton rock bottom with just one point accumulated, though the Blues are just one place higher in 23rd, having picked up three points from their last five. Charlton have enjoyed a successful run of the Carabao Cup, however, beating Premier League outfit Brighton and Hove Albion on penalties just before Christmas to reach the quarterfinals. The last time they collected maximum points in the league was on October the 22nd, that a 1-0 victory away at Shrewsbury, which itself came just five days after they defeated Pompey by three goals to nil in front of the TV cameras at the Valley. Can either of these out-of-favour sides collect maximum points this time around? Who will start 2023 the brightest? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. A closer look into Charlton Athletic there, Pompey's opponents on New Year's Day, looking to kickstart 2023 a little bit better than they had ended 2022. Mark and Reese alongside me to preview that game. Um, Reese, Charlton Athletic, the opening game of the new year on Sunday afternoon. What do Pompey need to take into this one from yesterday's uh, stalemate with Ipswich? Um, I think the most important thing we need to take is that we've got two goals under our belt after a tough period. Um, we played so much uh, better for the whole 90 minutes yesterday than I would have backed us to do before the game. Um, Shelton are a side that seem to be our bogey team at Fratton Park, mm. and we can't let that play into our minds. They obviously got a, a decent victory against us at the Valley earlier in the season. So what we need to do is we need to almost get our revenge, use what we uh, use that platform that we've sort of built ourselves from uh, the Ipswich game, and and go for it because at the end of the day, um, we've got a few you know tough fixtures coming up in terms of obviously Spurs in the FA Cup and then Bolton away. Um, we want to go into those games in the best uh, you know best form possible over these last couple of games so and, and like you say Shelton obviously really not having their best season at all um, they're in uh, awful form and and if we're going to try and capitalise on that if we're actually going to beat them for once because it feels like we never beat them <laughs> um, then this is the perfect time to do it it is but I, I have confidence yeah uh, and in regards to that confidence there's Plenty of stats to, to really back that up. We know Pompey themselves haven't been on the greatest run of form of late. Only one win in the last 13 attempts in League One. But Charlton themselves having a really tough time of it. Three points above the relegation zone. They're in 18th position and two or three teams below them have games in hand as well. No clean, no clean sheets in eight games. No wins in their last eight games. Three wins in the last 19 fixtures. Their last win came on October 22nd against Shrewsbury. That itself only five days after they defeated Pompey by three goals to nil at the Valley. So quite a long time since Charlton's last win. They've gone through a new manager as well. Ben Garner's been sacked. They now have Dean Holden. And uh, uh, another interesting stat, as well as we know, winless in eight. Pompey haven't beat Charlton at Fratton Park on home turf since 2005. So uh, quite rightfully, as, uh, as Reese is alluding to, they're going to be a very difficult matchup for the Blues on New Year's Day, regardless of Charlton's form. And, and Mark, you, you see this game as really the battle of two teams who have got a lot to fight for uh, and two teams looking for that bit of redemption, look to really kickstart their season rather later than both sides would have hoped for, but both teams in, in really bad form that... You know, a, a draw for either side is beneficial to absolutely no one. Yeah, agree. Uh, everything to play for for both. But I really do see this as, uh, as as Pompey's rebirth. I think that the ship was turned around uh, in that last game against Ipswich, and I now think they're really going to fire fire on from here. And and I. I, gen I know I shouldn't jinx it, but I genuinely see this as as uh, a wonderful opportunity for the players. They're going to be full of motivation. 13 games with just the one win, as you said, but going into the new year, so turning over a new leaf there, uh, a good result uh, and a good performance, if frustrating, last, you know, uh, the other night. Uh, and um, 
and and against the bogey side, who, as you say, weren't beaten since 2005. They want revenge for October. And I think it's all going to boil over. And I think now with that confidence that they'll have got, it's just enough confidence from the last game. I think you're going to see a fantastic performance from Portsmouth. The fans are going to be up for it. The players will be up for it. And they are desperate for the win. And and I I really do see this is all set up for a wonderful Pompey performance. Mm. Fingers crossed, Mark. Fingers crossed. Uh, A couple (laughs) more uh, text tweets and emails before we do leave you. Uh, Linda Mail says a better performance last night, which was better than I was expecting. It was a shame that our defence went to sleep for their second goal when Griffiths had failed to hold on to the ball. Three Ipswich players followed in, but no one, uh, not one of our defenders did. Let's hope we can continue the improvement against Charlton on New Year's Day and actually win. Play out Pompey, says Linda Mail on the emails and uh, Jill in North End on the text. Uh, good evening, Jake and all. Happy New Year. Good luck to the Pompey team for 2023. Play out Pompey. Thank you very much, uh, Jill, for your text and a happy New Year uh, to yourself as well. Okay, score prediction time. Uh, Steve on Facebook is going for a 2-1 victory. Kevin on the emails is going for a one-all draw. And Mark also uh, has emailed him this evening to say Pompey are going to win this one by two goals to nil. So a little bit more confidence flowing ahead of this game. Uh, But now the score predictions of both Mark and Reese to come. We'll start off with yourself, Mark, and I will point out one more stat before I get your score prediction, and that is both Charlton and Pompey have drawn the most games of any other side in League One so far this season. Both teams have drawn 10 matches, so this has probably got a draw written all over it. However, your score prediction, please. I think that uh, Charlton are going to have an eye on their quarterfinal with Man United. I think that Pompey are going to cruise this uh, after a difficult um, opening few minutes. I think the floodgates will open 5-0. Mark, Mark, I think they're oh. going to batter them. I really do. Mark, Mark, I'll hold you to that and I'll buy you a point if that, if that comes in. 5-0 win, Mark is going for. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a great pleasure as always to have you on the show. Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for that score prediction too. No worries, mate. Cheers, Mark. Uh, Reese Harding, you've got about 15 seconds. Your score prediction, please. I'd love it to be 5-0, but I can't <laughs> help but think we're going to concede. So I'm going to say 2-1 ports of win. I thought you were going to say 5-1 then. Reese. thank you very much. <laughs> thank you both uh, for your efforts this evening. It's been a pleasure. Wonderful to have both Mark Coates and Reese Harding on the show uh, throughout the course of tonight. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Pompey victory at Fratton Park on New Year's Day. OK, 2022 is over, but 2023 is just around the corner. Pompey Live returns January 1st, 2 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Portsmouth gave away a lead twice against Ipswich on Thursday night, but earned a hard-fought point to end the year. The whistle goes and there's a few boos at the full-time whistle. I'm not really sure why based on that performance. Maybe frustration that it's not a victory. Next up for the Blues, New Year's Day football awaits as they host Charlton Athletic in the league. Join us for all of the unmissable action, New Year's Day from two. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Cheers, Robbie. Yep, Pompey Live is back on New Year's Day from 2 o'clock. It's a 3 o'clock kickoff at Fratton Park as Pompey welcomed Charlton Athletic to the South Coast for the first game of 2023. Both sides have failed to win any of their last seven matches in League One. Charlton haven't won in eight league matches. Both teams have drawn the most uh, games of any side across the division with 10. Both sides looking for a bit of redemption and a better start to 2023 than they've had in the opening half of the campaign. It should be an entertaining game at PO4 on New Year's Day. January 1st, as I mentioned, 2 o'clock here on Express FM. For all of the coverage, myself, Robbie James and Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler live from Fratton Park. OK, coming up here on Express FM this evening, Express Floor Fillers takes you through after the news at 7 all through to the early hours of tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow it is New Year's Eve. Darren Gamblin is back between 8 and 12 with Express Breakfast with uh, some great songs, the news, weather, travel, sport, all of the updates between 8 and 12. The Express Quiz of 2022 with Ian James between 12 and 4. Before the local music chart of 2022 between 4 and 7 with Mason Jordan. Connor Mosley rounds off the evening and the year with Express Floor Fillers taking you through till 2023. But that is it from us here on the Footblower. Thank you very much for listening, not just tonight, but throughout the entire of 2022. Have a great evening. Enjoy your New Year festivities. Take care. Bye, Flower.